Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Coffee House Questions podcast. This is Ryan Pauly. Uh, this is uh, your weekly kind of time to listen to um, apologetics, theology, uh, ethics, and a defense of the Christian faith. And so it's uh, my time to kind of put some of my thoughts together. And I enjoy having the, this time of discussion with you guys. And I hope you enjoy it as much as, as I do. And uh, it's been fun. And, and I just want to let you know, looking forward to the future, I have a few more interviews lined up. I know I did uh, quite a few interviews this summer while I was working at Summit. And uh, the last few weeks, it's been just me. But uh, coming up here in the future, I have some really cool interviews. I won't let you know uh, who it is just yet. Uh, but just know that there's some going to be some cool stuff we're going to be talking about in the future. So um, that's kind of what to look forward to. Uh, but as we sit here in another week, uh, just a lot of stuff is on my mind because I've been spending time uh, with my students, uh, my high school students, talking about now the secular worldview. And the, the class that I'm teaching this year is comparative religions and worldviews. And so what we're doing is we're comparing different worldviews. And, and my philosophy is that we are able to accurately describe and show what each one of these worldviews teaches, compare them, and that the Christian worldview makes the most sense. The Christian worldview best explains reality. When we pair the story of Christianity with the story of reality, it matches very well. And that's the one reason why um, I hold to the Christian worldview. And so I'm not afraid to talk about these different worldviews with my students. I'm not afraid to present the best arguments. In fact, I, I once had an atheist respond to me on Twitter and he said, you know, rather than the straw man argument, which the straw man is, you create a false view, a, a, a false um, you know, weak view of the person's argument, and then you blow it over, you knock it down and show how their argument is bad, and that's a logical fallacy. He said, we should be creating steel man arguments. You should build the best possible view, uh, their argument as best as you possibly can, and then if you can knock that down, then that shows something. And I think that that was actually a really good point that he shared with me. And so one thing I try to do with my students is really explain these worldviews, defend them as best as we can, and then we can look at inconsistencies and we can look at these things, but it's not presenting a false view. And so one thing that we're doing this week is looking at secularism. We started with the Christian worldview, we've looked at Islam, and now we're on to secularism. And in short, the secular worldview is talking about how we are able to survive in culture, we're able to live and best and get by without the need for God, without the need for religion. We can rely on human reason. With secular humanism, we can rely on, on human reason, hu, human reason uh, evolution, the naturalism, and the secular view of ethics and how ethics have evolved over time. And so that's kind of where it's coming from and that we don't need, and in fact, we don't. they don't want the influence of religion. And, and you see this a lot with the new atheists today because they're t- they talk about how religion poisons everything. That's one of the books that came out. Religion poisons everything. How it's not just enough to disagree, but the reason that they're out there trying to deconvert Christians, deconvert religious people, is because in their view, religion is dangerous. Religion is the cause of most wars you hear frequently. Religion is the cause of most bloodshed. Religion is dangerous. And so it's not enough about just letting people believe what they want to believe, but it really is about deconverting. It's about relieving our society of the influence of religion. And so one thing 
that I did with my students is I, I want to present these views carefully. I want to present them well. And so one thing, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, Sean McDowell's talked about it, Jay Warner Wallace, these different guys have talked about it in this idea of an atheist role play. And I think that this can be powerful because it helps students recognize what they know and what they don't know. And so that's one thing that I've done. I did the last two days in my class. I took some time out of class and I said, okay, students, uh, I'm going to be um, a secularist professor, an atheist professor in a local college. What class should I teach? And most of them chose, you know, intro, you know, biology 101. And I gave a five minute explanation um, from using arguments from biology about how Christianity was a false worldview and why we didn't need it. And then I invited questions from the class. And so when it comes from biology, I use stuff like there's a natural explanation for everything and, and science is progressing. I've I used uh, explanations that I heard from atheists that, I, that have been told me that, that Christianity is just an argument from ignorance. We're ignorant of what happens. And so we say, well, God must have done it. You know, God of the gaps. Um, I also use things that have been told to me like Christianity is a science stopper that we get to something that we don't know how it happens and we say, well, God did it. And then the science stops rather than what science does is say, hey, we don't know how this happened. Let's figure it out. And that's how science has progressed. So I, I expressed a lot of these arguments and reasons to my students. And what, and the verse that they're memorizing for this week is Colossians 2.8. But I want to start a little bit earlier and start with Colossians 2.6 and read a few verses for you. And, and kind of think through why I'm doing this with students and why I think it's important. So in Colossians 2.6, it starts out in 2.6, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And I think that that's important, obviously, that we look at that and we say, yeah, we walk in Christ. We continue to live a life in him after we have received him. Verse 7 goes on and says, Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And then the verse that they're memorizing, verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Now, I think that there's some interesting points here, if we can look at it. It says, After you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. And the question that I wonder for a lot of students and, and Christians in general is after accepting Christ and beginning to walk a life with him, how deep do we become rooted? How deep are we being established in our faith and how much are we being built up? Because what I've found is that in verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. I found that when doing this atheist role play, it is easy to deceive students. It's easy to, to, to captivate them with empty philosophy, with false philosophy. It's amazing how many logical fallacies I can go through and things that I can just make up on the spot and deceive students, that they haven't been built up to think, think well through these issues, but instead are easily swayed. 
And I think it, it's interesting, you know, when we look at Scripture and it talks about, you know, don't be one that just gets swayed to and fro, but be firmly established. And that makes me think, how much are we doing to really establish our students? And so I walk through these things with my students. I walk through, you know, they, they said, well, well, and then I ask questions. Do you have any questions? Do, or do you agree with me that we can throw Christianity out the window and that we can really do true science? And they said, well, no. I said, well, why not? And I said, are you believing in God? Yes. And I said, okay, why? Can you give us good reasons? Well, I just believe in God. Well, that's not the greatest reason. Well, I've seen miracles. Okay, well, is there a natural explanation? I think a lot of miracles, we, we attribute things that are miraculous, and there's natural explanations for them. Some there's not, but that's when science can just say, well, yeah, you know, we haven't figured out that's interesting, but we'll f keep searching. We'll find a natural explanation. Um, things like, well, the student said, well, someone created our universe, which is leaning towards the right direction of the cosmological argument, but then it's, well, then who created God? And again, that question kind of stumped him. And afterwards, I explained that. I went through some stuff. I've shared my article. I've written an article on who created God. I'm given resources on that. And I think that there's an explanation. But what I just find is fascinating is that in five minutes or so of just explaining the secular worldview and walking through some basic secular arguments, I invited some questions and then some easy responses were able to shoot down most of their arguments until where students said, hey, uh, we're not prepared. We're not trained. And so I just want to encourage you that as we look at secularism, it's a worldview that makes a lot of statements that the material world is all that exists. Most are materialists or the naturalism, that there's a natural explanation for all things. And so there's a lot of statements being made that can be tested. And I think it's important to really think through these issues. And so um, in the next few weeks kind of coming up, we're going to kind of be thinking through this. But I want to finish with this, that this weekend coming up is the Stand to Reason Rethink Student Apologetics Conference. And I'm so excited because this is a conference, at least here in Southern California, that last year had 1,500 students come out. And this year they're focusing on the question of who is Jesus? And the reason why is that there's a whole lot of students that if you ask them who Jesus is, what has he done, they can give a few of the cliche answers, but it stops there. And we really have to focus on taking students to a deeper understanding of who Jesus is, what he has done for us, and why he is so important. And then exposing them, as we've talked about, to these different worldviews, these different beliefs, so that we can teach them and train them how to stand firm, how to be firmly, deeply rooted and established in their beliefs so that they're not deceived by empty philosophy and by the things of this world. And so, again, I think that this is, is so important. It's huge to think about what are we teaching students? How are we training them? And so I just encourage you, if you're in Southern California, check out the Rethink Conference. It's also coming to Dallas and other places. Go find some resources and give students some, some information, give them the materials that will deeply and firmly establish them in the truth of Christianity. Thank you so much for listening to the Coffee House Questions podcast. I just want to encourage you, check out those resources, check out the website, and look and find ways to deeply establish your students 
in the truth of Christianity. This is Coffee House Questions with Ryan Pollock.